Alice and Sri to come and sing for us this morning. She is a member of the Orbit staff downstairs. This is her fourth year? Uh, third year. Third year with them. And so we uh, welcome her this morning. She's going to sing the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, Alison. Thanks. Good morning. <laughs> Allison, thank you. So if this morning we decided we wanted to pick our favorite singer in the world. And, and, and you could say, and she couldn't be, and they couldn't be in this room. Okay. Could we reach a consensus? Would this group reach a consensus on the favorite singer in the world? You'd have somebody I'd never heard of, probably, wouldn't you? Would we reach a favorite song? I, I like Good, Good Father. I like My Jesus. I 
could we reach that? Favorite restaurant? Favorite team? Harry? <laughs> could we reach a conclusion on our favorite team? Uh, favorite vacation spot? Best brand of car? Favorite beverage? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> he works for, yeah, that's a good, they'd be proud of you at the corporate right now. We couldn't. Today we continue in our study of the Lord's Prayer. And we're now to thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we find that in Matthew 6.10. As we think about that, let me ask you this. How many wills are there in heaven? How many wills are there in heaven? I believe there's one. Once upon a time, there was a revolt. God took care of it. We've talked about that in weeks past. And today in heaven, there is one will. How many wills are in this room? However many people, plus a few more. How many wills on earth? Billions. And there's the problem. There are so many wills even in this room, that we couldn't all agree on Mississippi State. And that seems wrong to me. I'm sorry. That was for my old Miss friends. God has given us free will. We all have our own wills. And that's the bad news, and that's the good news. It's bad because we can find our wills against the will of God. And it's good because we're not robots. Out of his great love for us, God gave us the ability to choose. Our children were at my house yesterday. And I'm careful not to say our children were home yesterday because my house is not their home. Never has been, really. They're grown and they're gone and they have free will. I suppose I could have locked them in the attic in an escape-proof room. And we hear stories like that, don't we? But that's not love. And because of God's great love for us, he gave us will and choices. And again, it's a blessing and a curse. We can choose his will or we can choose a different path. Back to the prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that prayer, we're saying that we're willing to give up on our will. Let me say that again. When we pray that prayer, we're saying that we're willing to give up on our will. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because God's will and God's plan are always better than our wills and our plans. I can think of a few times in my life of stories I can share in public where I've had a plan that wasn't God's will. I'll begin with this one. I had land fever in the mid-90s, Choctaw County, Mississippi. A friend of mine had 50 acres of land for sale and had a small house and a good place to build a house and had a pond and the price was right and it had some timber. 
and I wanted it. I talked to the bank, and they said, okay, we'll let you have the money. There was one problem. I was the second one in line. There was a family member that had already spoken up saying, yes, we would like to buy the grandpa's land. But they couldn't seem to get the loan, and it wasn't looking good for them, and it was looking good for me. And at the last minute, they were able to secure a loan and buy the land. And I was not happy with God. And I told him he had made a mistake letting those people have my land. Not too much after that, probably a few months, we were called to Hopewell Baptist Church in southern Indiana. And I thought and I thought and I thought over the years, if I had bought that land, I'd have never gone. And if I'd have never gone to Indiana, there's a good chance that Taylor would be different today and might not have met Stephanie and there would not be perfect number one and perfect number two. That would not have happened. And I wonder how different I would be in my life and how different Ellen would be in her life if I'd have just bought that land, which was my plan, but it was not in God's cards. And we all have our stories. Sometimes we can want an anchor that will hold us back when God has a sale for us to do something different. Sometimes we follow God's will. Sometimes we don't. That's why we should pray daily. In fact, multiple times throughout the day, thy will be done. For the next few minutes, we're going to look at what the will of God is. Now, we could go into a theological discussion about all sorts of different levels of God's will, and sometimes that can be very confusing. I'm going to keep it today where something that is true for all of us that we're all going to be able to understand. There's some sections in Scripture that talk about God's will that tell us that God's will is for us as a group, that we should be the same way in certain areas. And then there's some scriptures that'll help us make unique decisions because we're all unique, and let me go there first. For instance, if we're all seeking God's will about who to marry, if we're not married yet, and we're all seeking God's will uh, who to marry, and let's say you grew up at my age in the 70s and we're all in youth group and we're all talking about God's will and David Beasley and I are talking about who we should marry an obvious answer in 1970 something was Farrah Fawcett that's who we should have married David probably in those days but God's will can't be the same for us in that term it wasn't God's plan for me to marry Farrah or David's plan God's will for David Beasley to marry Farrah But Scripture does help us in those instances. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 gives us God's will for marriage, but it's unique for all of us because it's a different person. But it does say this about his will. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, what communion has light with darkness. Now, I don't know if Pharaoh was a believer or not. I just don't know. But God's will for me was to marry a believer. And I did that. 
and it was unique who I married. But that verse applies to all of us in our unique circumstances. What about this one? And young people wrestle with this one a lot. Where should I go to work? What should my career be? Or where should I go to school? And obviously, that's not the exact answer for all of us. We all have different vocations. We all chose different schools, perhaps. And so that's a unique plan for all of us. So what do we do? Again, we look to Scripture. James 4 helps us make the right decision, although it's unique to us. Look at this. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a town, spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears a little while and then vanishes. Scripture says, instead, you ought to say this. If the Lord wishes, we'll live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting, that's evil. What we learn in James here is what we need to do is to seek God and pray, not my will, but yours. We have to include God in our prayers. God, what is it you want me to do? Where is it you want me to go? And seek him and he'll direct your path, Scripture says. And if we don't do this, look at verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. It's your will, not his. And there's the difference. So we can use Scripture to help in our unique circumstances. And now let me tell you something that's common for all of us, Scripture that is common for every one of us. This is God's will for your life, part of it, and for mine. Ephesians 5, 15, and 20 puts it this way. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a list of common things that should fit in your life and fit in my life. Be careful how you live. Make the most of your time. Don't get drunk with wine. It doesn't say not to drink wine, so you're off the hook there. But don't get drunk with wine. <laughs> Have a godly song in your heart. Give thanks to God always. Can you imagine this world if all of just that was followed? Those five things. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says this. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Now, that's for believers. What you did before you came to Christ is in the past, but if you follow Christ and want to be in his will, we stay away from sexual sin. That can sink a ministry quicker than anything. Can you imagine our world with no sexual sin? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18 maybe is my favorite part of Scripture about the will of God. It says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's God's common will for all of us. This applies to each of us in this room. 
Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Can you imagine that? If that's the world you lived in? Rejoicing is usually a result of good news. It's also a fruit of the Spirit. and We can talk about that another time. Imagine, let me help you rejoice a little bit. Imagine you won the lottery. Would you rejoice? Oh, I would if you were a tither. I would rejoice if you won the lottery. <laughs> How about a clean bill of health? Would that do it? You leave the doctor's office and the doctor says, I've never seen anything like you in my life. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. That's perfect. Boy, that'd be nice. What if your biggest prayer request were answered? Those things you've been praying for for weeks or months or years, shouldn't that do it? You would rejoice. But it's interesting in 1 Thessalonians, we're told to rejoice when? Always. Not just when something good happens to us. We're to rejoice always. And why is that? Because of salvation and the gift of God. You have won the lottery. Remember these words from Jesus in Mark 8, 36. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? God's will for us is rejoice always because we've already received our reward. God's perfect gift for us. I met a family the other day filled with joy. And it was interesting where we met. Arlington Cemetery for a brief graveside service. They were burying their father, Hilberto. Hilberto escaped from Cuba, in and I learned how to say Cuba. It's not Cuba, it's Cuba, and it was Habana, not Havana. He escaped from Habana, Cuba in 1963 with his wife, with his two children, with $250 on his pocket and a change of clothes for everyone, the clothes they had on their back. They left their home, their possessions, their world to come to Miami and then to Atlanta. Fifty-five and a half years later, when the family buried Hilberto, all the kids had great educations. All of them had great careers. All of them had great families. All of them were people of faith. And they rejoiced for their father, who was so proud of his family, who left his home for a better world in 1963, but in 2019, he really left his home for a better world. And this was a group of rejoicing people always, even at a graveside. They were following God's will. When we pray, thy will be done, we should rejoice. Can we be in God's will and not rejoice? We're told, too, in that section of Scripture that we are to pray without ceasing. Without ceasing. Part of that praying should be, God, thy will be done, not mine, every day. Praying without ceasing is a great privilege and a key to finding out what God's will is. Can you be in God's will without praying without ceasing? No. No. In praying to get married... In 1980-something, I know what year we got married, but when I started to pray about it, I'm really not sure. 
we got married in 1983. We got engaged in 1982. Am I, am I close? To, is that right? Okay. I remember struggling with that one. That's a big decision. That's a big step, isn't it? Thinking about, oh, my, this is a lifetime deal. Poor girl. And so I was praying about that. And I remember asking, did you ever ask God for signs? Did you ever ask for a sign? We're in Mississippi, and it's wintertime, and I'm praying for a sign, and this is the days before the Weather Channel, and I thought, okay, God, if you want me to ask her to marry me, and I don't know if I've ever told this story before, let there be snow on the ground in the morning in Aberdeen, Mississippi. Did you, have you heard this before? You haven't heard that. Well, blame God in the weather because the next morning there was snow on the ground in Aberdeen, Mississippi. I asked, and it was answered. And I am thankful. What a different world it would be if God's people were always praying and were always thankful. Whatever your demeanor is, whatever your personality is, God has told you part of his will for you is to be thankful. So we have to do that if we're going to be in his will and not ours. To pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven means that we will seek first what God wants. And don't be scared of that because he's going to take care of you. Knowing this, Jesus knew that, wait a minute, we're supposed to let you have everything and let you have control. What, what about me? I've got to eat. I've got to work. I've got to go to school. I've got to do these things. And Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all of these things. And our words for us today, praying his will be done. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Everything else will fall into place. Homework today. Pray thy will be done every day. That means letting go. Pray for those around you. Pray for your family that God's will is done in their life. They might be looking for a new path or a new direction. You pray that they seek the right one. Pray that for yourselves as well. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, thank you for the way you guide us. Thank you, Lord, for a better plan for our lives. Make us people of prayer, living up to your expectations and your will as we pray without ceasing. Make us pure. Make us thankful. Help us to rejoice always. Father, let us make the most of our time and be careful how we live and not get drunk with wine and have a godly song in our hearts and give thanks always again. Help us to use your word and the counsel of godly people to find your will in our lives. Let us care and then let us seek and let us do. Father, as we head out into the world, let us do what you want us to do. And let us have that one will, your will, that is in heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
God bless you this week as you seek his will.